And welcome, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave, David, and Connor. Dave Stevens, David Sterling, Connor Ennis. I am Tony Permanianzi. Guys, it's right after the first match of the season uh, against Philadelphia. We all we all watched it. We all texted back and forth during it. Um, we'll get into it in a little bit. Uh, but frankly, it's just exciting to have soccer back, guys. I mean, yeah, right, yeah. It is. It is. I, I, I couldn't believe how excited. Well, I guess I should believe it, but I was so excited just waking up this morning, even last night, with the realization that the game was going to be on tomorrow. MLS is back. In fact, Minnesota and uh, Philadelphia kicked it off, so that was kind of cool, too, as well. Yeah. So it was a shame. It wasn't a national broadcast, I guess, but it was kind of cool to have the first uh, first match. Of course, oh. it was on ESPN Plus nationwide, I guess. So, well, I and that. Except for here, of course. Yeah, right. Well, sure. uh, I will mention the nice thing about it. I'm sure everybody knows this is that the CW has made an agreement with probably the Loons and BSN to cover every one of their games that is not nationally televised except for four. So it's only four games this year, guys, that people in the Twin Cities won't be able to watch if they don't have and, BSN. And you brought that up. You brought that up earlier. And I'm kind of when you brought it up in our text thread earlier, I was kind of thinking to myself, so why do I pay for Xfinity? It's kind of like the price of a small car payment every month. Yeah, to have right, Xfinity. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. But I mean, I guess at least I get to watch the uh, pregame show. Well, and so I, do I. Normally, that would be the case. Weren't they having issues today with the first match on the CW? I thought I saw something. on They had. They, they did. Went, yeah. Johnny was messaging me about it. It went down for a little bit. Um, it, and obviously, that's because the broadcast, I'm sure, was, you know, it's being sent over to the CW. So I'm sure there there's issues with that. But um but guys, I mean, it is, it is no, great. It is awesome. Bottom great. line, yeah, you know, is. they need more, you know, the loons need as much exposure as they can get. I mean, it's an, incre- I mean, the loons are an incredibly, they're doing a, I think they have a lot of support here in the state throughout, throughout the uh, area. So, but the more, yeah, you don't want to, you want to keep that going. You want to get the game to as many people as possible. The only, the only issue that happens with the CW is of course, it does not include anybody outstate of the Metro area. So if you're in Duluth, if you're in Mankato, Rochester, Iron Range, you know, Grand Forks, you're not getting it uh, unless you have BSN. So that's the only downside of it. But the metro area is a big area with a lot of people. So hopefully next year they continue that and maybe we'll have BSN. Maybe we won't. Maybe MLS will have their own freaking streaming service. I don't know what's going to happen, but. And yeah, with, with major league baseball on strike still, I shouldn't say they're locked out. I'm sorry. The owners have locked out the union. Um, It's like, I almost don't need cable because I, you know, 80% of my viewership during these months are, are uh, for BSN and that's about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, guys, we of course are drinking on this Saturday afternoon um, after the loons game. Uh, Well, let's start with David because of course he's got beers from Florida. Uh, David, what do you got today? So I went with, uh, I'm actually going to repeat a brewery finally. Oh, um, this weekend marks the ninth anniversary of Fort Myers Brewing Company. And so the, the neighbors and us went out last night to, to the brewery. Um, they had like five food trucks. They had a couple, they had a band playing and then a solo guitarist before that. And they have a couple to, or several different uh, beers that they released just for the anniversary and so i decided to go with an ipa which i think our podcast is a bit ipa heavy but is what it is um 
This is their special ninth anniversary IPA. Mm. Fun little Ooh. can. Um, gives a little description of it. Um, it's a hazy. It's uh, probably a very drinkable beer for pretty much anyone. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's, I mean, it's a DEH, but I mean, it's really smooth. Uh, the ABV is really low, 5.1. Um, I don't know if they say the hops on here. They do not. Um, pretty, I mean, it's a pretty typical hazy uh some citrus, some tropical notes. I mean, it's really good. Uh, like, like I said, it's drinkable for pretty much anyone. I think if you're a mild IPA fan, you'd like it. Um, if you're somebody maybe on the other end of the spectrum, who's a big, like Connor, who's big uh, West coast IPA fan, you may not like it because it's, it's, it's a bit different. I mean, it's, it's okay. very obviously very hazy. It's very new England and, um, it just doesn't have that same character as the West Coast do. But um, yeah, I think anybody that wanted to foray into IPAs, uh, this would be a really good one. Um, I know I keep, I think I mentioned this last episode. I keep screening my beers before I come on. So I, I know what this is like and I've never picked a bad one so far. Um, but so I'm going to just yeah. kind of repeat it all over again. I, it's a fantastic beer. Um, one of these days I'll not screen and maybe I'll get a bad one. <laughs> well, Con- Connor's done that before. I have done that before. That, I and I actually did it today, but I got lucky. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll go next. Uh, I've got another a brewery, of course, we've had on this podcast numerous times. Uh, it is Uda Pills. It is their Alt 1848 uh, Dusseldorf style Alt beer. And uh, it is, uh, let's see. A wonderfully drinkable alt beer brewed in the tradition of a Dusseldorf brewery founded in 1848. The Copper Kettle Dome in our tap room comes from that brewery. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. That's interesting. That's pretty cool. Uh, and serves as the inspiration for the beer's copper hue. A balance of clean, spicy hops with malt richness makes for a delicious, seasonable, sessionable beer. So, yeah, this stuff is good, guys. Uh, you guys ever had like a alt beer before it's it's been a while but i have it was kind of it, yeah. it uh it tasted kind of like a wheat beer to me yeah i would say a little yeah. more hoppier than a little hoppier than a wheat beer but, but right the hops are in there but yeah, yeah it's it's pretty good i i like it uh nice that's off to our friends at uda pills for uh making another fine beer i mean i could with uda pills i could go through their whole list well every brewery we've been to i could go through a whole list and enjoy every one of them but mm-hmm. uda pills yeah. does it again so uh connor what about you what do you got today uh well i didn't screen my beer today but uh my wife and i were up in in duluth last week and i brought home a crowler of the of bent paddles uh barrel aged extra baked Mm. um as people as people who listen to this podcast know i'm uh almost strictly an ipa guy but i decided to go with the pastry stout stout this time which is vastly different um it says here it's uh, got it's it's got some stout malts, some oats, some chocolate rye, and some assorted crystal malts, which I don't know what half of those are to be honest. Is that like crystal light? I would think so. Maybe or, I don't. <laughs> or, or crystal meth. Or yeah, it could just be it could just be crystal. 
Okay. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, it's got pastry staples of uh, chocolate, coconut, and vanilla, and mm. it is very, very tasty. Um, definitely uh, one that you don't want to drink too much of, though, because it's an 8.3% uh, mm. stout. Yeah. So it will not only weigh your stomach down, it'll get you hammered. So, mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's delicious. I, I'm de- it's definitely a beer that I would rather sip than uh, drink a lot of, but it's it's very, very delicious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. those stouts can uh, get up on especially when they make special stouts they can really like up the uh ibvs in there and uh they mm-hmm. just it, it gets a little crazy so mm-hmm. um and by the way connor we did mention where you were at last weekend we went to uh ursa minor right yes that's right and then you yeah. were at uh where, the, where, where else were you at you were at uh we were at ben paddle ben paddle yes yep. ursa minor yeah yep so uh ursa minor now tell us is that brewery? How does the brewery look? Is it- uh, it's uh, it's a nice tap room. It's uh, it's a little bit smaller than most other tap rooms, like uh, mm-hmm. way smaller than Bent Paddle, or if you've been yeah. to a place like uh, like Dangerous Man, uh, yeah. smaller than that. Wow. But they make fantastic. Uh, they make a fantastic IPA, and mm-hmm. my wife is a big sour beer fan, and she tried all four of their, she, or I think, I don't think that was even all four of them. There was, uh, there, I think there were more sours than in a flight, but she tried all of them, and she loved all of them, um, and uh, they were doing a little giveaway there where if they, if you bought like a pair of specially made socks, they would donate the earnings to um, to like a, a, I think it was a mental health charity up Ooh, there. Nice, nice. So that, so that was kind of cool, yep. but it's, a, it's kind of a dark tap room. It's got, it's got some outside seating area, but it was zero degrees up there. So nobody was sitting outside, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, I highly recommend, I highly recommend it. It's, it's a very kind of calm, chill tap room. So if you're ever up in the, up in the area, it's actually not that far from bent paddle. So okay. right. definitely check it out. All right, cool. Uh, all right, Dave. What are you drinking today? All right. Well, in honor of uh, MLS opening day today, I uh, decided to go back and get a beer from the first uh, podcast brewery that I personally participated in with you guys. And that for that, you'd have to go all the way back to uh, episode five in May of 2018 at, you probably guys know it, maybe you don't, Steel Toe Brewing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. St. Park. Yeah. So, and, that was and it's ago. a beer. So yeah, it was a while ago. It was the first brewery that I uh, participated on the podcast with you guys, and um, so I thought it would be kind of cool just for uh, opening day kind of touch. And uh, and it's also, even though it is a repeat, technically it's a beer, it's a brewery and beers that I have not tried in probably several years at least. And it's been almost four years since we were there, but uh, several years I, I just for some reason I hadn't got their beer too often. But uh, I, I ended up picking up a bomber of their Descent Dark Ale at the, oh, uh, the liquor store. Okay. So, and so, yeah, I'm, it's almost, I know I've had this before. I know I've had it at their tap room, but uh, it's almost like a new beer for me because I haven't had it in so long. And it is, it's, it's a, it's a nice dark ale. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't drink a lot of their beers, but this one really doesn't disappoint. It's, it's, I think one of their most popular, it's won some awards, most notably uh, it won the great American beer festival in 2018 gold medal for an export stout. And this uh, dark ale, it's, it's some, um, it's got chocolate, but it's, it's, it's a dark chocolate. So it is a little bit bittersweet, but it, it's really got an interesting feel and taste to it. And there is hints of coffee in there, which I definitely like. And so, um, yeah, it, it doesn't disappoint. It is a good beer. There is no doubt about it. 
Nice, dude. Yeah, Steel Toe. Yeah. Man, that was a long time ago. And it I remember was. I do remember that podcast, actually, because uh A, they were cool with us going there. And then we sat, I think we sat, did we sit on out, the patio? We sat outside. Outside, yep. And they had and they didn't have the big patio they have now because they have a bigger patio than they have now. And I don't know if they had their back room was even open yet because now they have like a back room with more seating in it now. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it was it was it was cool. Uh, It was uh, I think that was that the second brewery went to. I think it was because you guys went to Omni. Went to Omni. Yeah. Yeah. So Steel Toe was number two. That's the uh, last time I was ever at Steel Toe. Yeah, it's it's kind of a forgotten brewery for me because it's in St. Louis Park. I don't even think about it unless I'm going to see Nelsy because right. Nels lives like right by there. So if I go see him, we'll go to Steel Toe or if I'm in the area, I'll be like, hey, Nels, I'm going to go to Steel Toe for a beer or five. Um, and uh, we go there. But honestly, I don't like think about Steel Toe uh, as much as I do about other breweries. I, I don't know why that is, but. It really is because yeah. I mean, not only they're the brewery, but the beer. I I love their size seven mm-hmm. uh, IPA that they have there, but it's one that I don't drink that often because I just maybe, I just forget about it. It's I could say the same thing, and maybe just their distribution isn't as big as some of the uh, other breweries that popped up around the area, and you know, so many have popped up recently. And like I said, I picked up a bomber, and I don't even know if you can if you can pick up cans. Uh, at you, can. Stores. you can oh, you can pick up can. cans at liquor stores, but. Yep. It, yeah, I don't see them everywhere. Uh, the other nice thing too, I, I they do at Steel Tone. I don't think they do it anymore. Is they used to do like a mix of their beers, so they do like they mix their stout with their honey beer, and they have a different name for it, and they do all this crazy stuff. And I always like that about them. They're trying new things. So, yeah. Well, great Steel Tone, awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, let's talk about the looms because it's opening day, guys. Yeah. Sh- should we start with the? Uh parent injury bug that uh went through the club this Correct. week it seems well, like i mean because they had been they had been having a relatively healthy uh preseason a good preseason as far as injuries are concerned but uh in the last week or so i think i mean coming out of the last couple preseason matches i should say there were some injuries i know we touched on it a little bit last week with gasper mm-hmm. even though it didn't seem serious but yeah really uh a couple well, popped up including will trap uh popped up as yeah. questionable will trap um, popped up yep met near we kind of that was kind of a surprise to me because Matt Neer no. played in the preseason. I mean, he played mm-hmm. 45 not, minutes. Not shocking. Yeah, but he, no, he, <laughs> not shocking. He, he was not. Yeah, that's, he was not ready. That. He, but he, they, did, he, did, he did play limited preseason, 45 minutes or so. And, and that him. was kind of the feeling going into the. Well, he, the, reason he, the reason he only played 45 minutes was because he got injured during that game. Brought him back too early. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't get Heath. I know Heath likes him, but what the fuck are you doing? Like who doesn't love him? Yeah, there I mean, there was no reason for that. No, I, I don't yeah. understand, it. especially when they said they weren't sure he'd even be ready for the season anyway. Well, exactly. I remember that. Well, yeah, because so and, why even yeah. push it? Mm-hmm. And we are, and we're talking. You, you, we touched on it right on the opening. I mean, here we are, opening day. It's been. Uh, I think I saw something like uh, MLS Cup final between uh, Portland and uh, NYCFC was just seventy eight days ago. So it's mm-hmm. been an incredibly short po- uh, off season, and obviously the loons went out a few weeks prior to that, but. It's still been a very short offseason as far as offseasons go in the MLS. Yeah, you know, I, I think his his injury was listed as a thigh injury, right? So yeah. he just went from his hammy to the front side of his leg. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's just like – I mean, I, I have a really bad feeling that we're not going to see him this year. 
Um, I just don't want it to turn into a recurring thing. I mean, right. I mean that. I guess as short as the offseason was for an, you know, we're not talking about a knee ligament, um, a hamstring that can sideline you for weeks and weeks. But uh, theoretically, two plus months should be more than enough time. But you don't want to see it. You know, he's starting to get up. You know, we have one of the oldest uh, back lines in MLS, average age, right. and Metnir included. And so you don't want to see this as a recurring thing where he's going out there and getting injured every he's- game. He's 31. He turns 32 this this month later in March. Um, so I mean, when you get to that age, obviously things start to fall apart a little bit. And yeah. even though we've seen a guy like Ozzy Alonso, who is like Superman, I don't know what the hell happened with him, but most guys, yeah, you get to 31, 32, uh, you're gonna start having problems. And David, I think you're right. I think this year is gonna be very troubling for Roman Metinier because I don't think he's going to see the pitch as much as we all hope he will. Yeah. I, I think um, it's not surprising that he ended up not starting. Um, it's not surprising that he ended up getting an injury that was different. Um, I, I think injuries tend to all of a sudden compound upon themselves. Um, you know, I, I think, and we'll get into this. I, I think O'Neill did a very fine job, um, which may lead to just simply not seeing Romaine that often. You can't. Uh, I'm sorry, you said O'Neill's name wrong. You have to say MLS veteran uh, O'Neill. Uh, yes. Well, I noticed that you can't say his last name Fisher because it's technically Fisher Junior. Fisher, yeah. There you go. Because oh. he's he's got it on. He's got Fisher Junior on the back Junior. of his shirt. Um, but the other. Big injury, guys, that I'm a little concerned about, I'm sure you guys are too, is Chase Gasper with the head injury. Right. Uh, because we know how head injuries work. Yep. Uh, you can come back from it super quick and be totally fine, or it can just linger for years and you retire. I, I mean, there, there you know, I, I, I don't want to nerd out, but I'm, I'm a big fan of fantasy football. American football, of course, and uh, a podcast I listened to, Stefania Bell, who's an ESPN, uh, I guess, insider, whatever you want to call it, was Mm -hmm. especially with regards to sports medicine. She always refers to uh, head injuries and concussions as, you know, nonlinear injuries. And I think that's a good way to phrase it because that's what they are. You can't just go from point A to point A, B, your recovery is not defined and treat affects everybody differently. And, you know, you, it's not always obvious the severity of the injury. You can't always know. So it's nonlinear. You just, it's up in the air because even a week ago after the, the injury, you know, occurred in that last preseason match, um, all reports were relatively positive. I mean, yep. they took, they said they took him out as a precaution, which was obviously a smart move uh, considering that he is apparently, you know, showing symptoms that has kept him out of training all yeah. week and then obviously this game that's a- definitely don't want to turn him into uh, another icopara situation though right or, or you're, out, you're out for a time where that is uncertain and ends up getting longer and longer and of course it's uh it seems like ike went through hell and of course yeah. you would never w- uh, wish that on anyone hopefully it's uh with chase being a little bit at, at a little bit of an earlier phase of his life it'll be not as bad uh, but you do worry about that for sure. We've seen this. Who was the player we had? David, who was the player we had that got the concussion and then retired? 
God, I, I knew this was going to come up. I've Sam, been sitting here trying to figure out who his name was. Sam Cronin. Sam Cronin, yes. Cronin. Cronin. Yeah, Sam Cronin. Good job there. We've seen that before. I mean, we've seen a young – I don't think he was that old. Um, no, he wasn't. He was probably in his 20s. Uh, I mid-20s. think he was late 20s. Late I think 20s, yeah. he was like 28 or 29 yeah. or so. So yeah. we've seen this happen before, guys, where guys, you know, they get a, a head injury and they're, they're out. And I, I'm concerned for his health at this point. I want him to get better. I don't really – yeah, I care about the fact that he – I want him back on the pitch, but I'm more concerned about the fact that he's going to be okay mentally – coming back from a head injury that I don't, I don't want what happened to Ike Opara. I mean, to happen to anybody um, because that, that totally, it, it sucks. Man, that's just, yeah. It, yeah. It's bad. It's yeah. uh, so we wish uh, chase a very speedy recovery. Hope to see him on the pitch this year. And as, um, again, as much, as much shit as we give him on this podcast, sometimes we still like the guy, right? We all, I mean, and my dog hasn't woken up yet. So yeah. that's why I keep talking about him. Cause I want your yeah. dog to start barking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so with those two big injuries at will trap, who else did we, Dave, do we have anybody else? Well, Ja'Cory Hayes was questionable as well. Okay. Um, um, and I think there's one other player that's escaping me now. There was at least five on that questionable mm-hmm. list, uh, including Ja'Cory Hayes. And, uh, or wasn't Dunlady think... was on there, wasn't he? Yes, he, he was questionable. But uh, mm-hmm. Dunlady, you're right, Tony, was questionable mm-hmm. uh, coming in. And obviously he wasn't available as yeah. well. So, so five. that really fucked up the whole starting lineup, guys. And if there was ever a time when we thought, because I think yesterday we talked about maybe they're going to do a, a three-man defensive back. That's right. Potentially. Yeah. And they would have um, had to sit back the entire time. Yeah. Well, I, I, they I, did. I was, yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, all week, I, I, remember, I even saw Trap pop up on the injury report. Mm-hmm. But he, I believe he was training for most of the week. And and one thing that I was able to confirm uh, prior to and after the matches that – so, I mean, and – I, for the last three weeks, there there was already you could you whether reports online um, that uh, Dotson Trap was going to be the starting defensive mid pairing, and that well, and no no surprise. But then you know okay, here we come to uh, game time, and and now that uh, Trap's not even available to go, Kevin Ariaga um, was you know in the starting lineup. We'll get to the rest of the lineup in a minute, but uh, I w- I was a little concerned about that because I did see a report I think as late as Friday saying that Ariaga was most likely not going to be available because of visa, you know, work visa issues and yeah. like that. But now right. I did notice that being said, I saw that report and just minutes later I think I saw Instagram or an Instagram post on Twitter from someone one of the players and Ariaga was indeed traveling. So I thought, well, yeah. at least that's a positive sign. But as it turned out, when I heard post game on the post game show that uh, Ariaga's status was resolved like last minute within yeah. hours of game time. So, right. which is, which is good. Which is great. As, it, as yeah. it turned out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah guys, it it, it, it turned into a really weird lineup for us. Um, weird and good. I mean, weird yeah, and good, I, but, I would classify it as a good lineup. Yeah. But, and, you know, you had you had. I mean, we touched we touched on him uh, last week. O'Neill Fisher, the the recent signing or the first of the offseason MLS slashes. veteran O'Neill Fisher, yeah, MLS yeah. veteran. You have to say MLS exactly veteran. that MLS veteran. That's and that's that's what that's what we we're talking about. That's his, that's his nickname. That's his nickname. It's just like that, like the assistant to the regional manager. That's you right. Know? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then and then yeah, but that you know 
he wasn't obviously going to be your first choice with a healthy lineup uh, starting at right back. And then, no. you know, we have seen DeBossi at left back, haven't we, last year? Um, uh, maybe once you, or twice. Yeah, yeah we knew it's that's never been. Visit. Yeah. But it's Probably less right. than ideal. And then, you know, another MLS veteran, Brett Coleman, you know, steps in as mm-hmm. he did many times last year. Um, so, you know, it, it's nice that, you know, I think based on the lineup, we all, I think, describe it as a good lineup. And, and I yep. think, um, even though I mentioned the back line's getting a bit old um, and now you look at the defensive mids, um, maybe this team's depth is okay. You know, maybe unproven, but okay, especially at forward, obviously, you know, as well. well too. And we, like I said, so we had the back line, we had Debosti, Kalman, Boxel, and Fisher on the back line. Uh, Ariaga gets start for Will Trapp. Sonny Dotson is also in the middle. And up front, we've got Fregapane. Ray and Robin Lud, and then up top, guys, Amaria gets a start. Yes, Welcome back. back. Now, Welcome. Now, that was no brainer. That was a no, no brainer. That, but that, that was the player. I think in my maybe you guys will all agree. Maybe you won't. That was the player that I was most excited to see yeah. in the lineup. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've sure. missed that kind of poacher type striker that we've always uh, described uh, Amaria to be. Um, so yeah, I was very happy to see him back. I'm expecting big things. Uh, I, I know I mentioned to you during the game, this, to you guys during the game, that I'm really excited for the way that he and Reynoso are going to team up uh, well, this year with Reynoso serving the ball in, um, Maria getting his head on it, just a simple finisher, you know? Let's get into the game, guys, because speaking of Anne Maria, he, uh, right away, guys, he was involved. He almost could have scored a goal right away. And this is when I texted you guys and said, this is why he starts it's because of the things like that that he does that Anu just doesn't do on a regular basis. I mean, you could see the attack was different with Amaria yep. up top. Um, exactly. Yeah. And so he got that. I think it was like the first two minutes, guys. He had an opportunity to score mm-hmm. a goal. Of course, it was defended well and, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I, I was, when that happened, I was super excited. I'm like, this is going to be the way it's going to be all year, guys. I, I, I'm looking for goal, 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 goal. Yeah, you know, sorry, David, go ahead. No, um, I, I think just to your point, Tony, about the fact that it just looks different. It, it is. It's just very different because Amory is so good in possession. Mm-hmm. It's where, you know, we've talked about Unu is the guy that likes to play off a forward and who's in front of him. He's he's more of that guy that's in the space to get the ball to make the shot. Um, Amaria can actually move the ball around, can actually um, – participate in that back and forth in that whole possession effort and so it's it's a completely different dynamic i mean the two the two guys are completely different it's nothing against Inu. it's that's how Inu plays and that's fine in the right system um so yeah if we continue maintaining this four two three one um that's that's going to be a big thing and i i think amaria was going to be the starter of I mean, day one of the offseason, he was going to be the starter for day one of the new season. Well, and and again, it's one of those deals where he has a – I think he has a chip on his shoulder, guys. I really do. By his play in the preseason, by his play in this first game, you can tell he wants to come and make a difference on this team. And and good for him. And, yeah, what I like seeing about Armaria is, you know, yeah, Tony, maybe he does have a chip on his shoulder because, you know, the the 2020 version of his season here in MLS Mm -hmm. did not go the way he wanted it to go, did not go the way the fans wanted to go, unfortunately, due to his injury. For anyone. uh, 
No, or anyone. Yeah. Due to his injury. But what, what's exciting for me is, I mean, I don't think he's just blowing smoke here. Armoria that is when he says he really wants to be here, he wants to be on this club. And and that's exciting to me. I mean, just, just how these play these South American players, you know, and we're talking about Armoria, but he just seems genuinely excited uh, about being here with this club and his opportunities that he's going to have with this club. So it's very exciting. And I mean, just, it's it's a, a reason to be optimistic as a Loons fan. That's you know what? Do you know why he's excited, Dave? Because hmm. Ray is right behind him. That I mean, seriously, be. if yeah, you're a, get to see that, if you're a forward on this team, you got to be excited to have a guy like Ray, like yeah. right behind you, serving things up, right? Yeah, and we we didn't see that in 2020 because yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ray did not join the club until uh, after MLS's back tournament and after Armario was out for the rest of the year, I believe. I mean, I mean, I'm not mistaken here. It for, almost for most of it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, he came back Luke, in. Yeah. But armory. Yeah. But Armoria and, and Reynoso had, had not been on the pitch together, I guess. Right. Is what I'm getting. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I think and, that's wrong. Is what? it? And it might be, it might be, but I feel like Reynoso or I'm Armoria. Finally, he played in the MLS back tournament and David, you're right. He scored a goal against San Jose, his third goal that year. I was thinking too, but you're right. But I believe he did not play after the MLS back tournament. Uh, Armoria. And I, now I get, we don't need to go into detail. Maybe we can look it up later, but I, I just feel like they have not played together. I could be wrong. If they have, it hasn't been many minutes at all, but you could kind of tell there was, you know, that their connection, you know, every, you know, it still felt like that was Amaria. Anyways, anyways, I'm looking forward this year to seeing Reynoso and Amaria play together. Uh, it didn't quite gel, you know, here against Philadelphia as it maybe it, it, it hasn't, it wasn't as good as maybe you, as it could have been, but after a few games, I think that's going to change quickly. Yeah. What? Okay. So you're right because Reynoso didn't sign until yeah. 2020. You're right, Dave. Right. You're right. Well, You're right. I mean, it was at the towards the end of yeah, 2020. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. yeah. I, I was I was confused as to when he he actually joined up, but yeah, Dave, yeah. you are correct. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he had that fantastic run. Obviously, Reynoso, that is, you know, into the MLS postseason, uh, had you know, what did he have? seven assists or something like that in the last in three games yeah. or something crazy Already like had that, the MLS but... record for most assists in the postseason. That's the right. MLS postseason. Yeah. Who was our 10 during the MLS back season? That was Molino. That was, was Molino. Molino. Yeah. yeah. I think Molino technically had the number seven, but yeah, he was acting as our 10. I, I, I saw Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I hate to go keep going in tangents here too, but you know, like I think even today for most of the game, you kind of felt like this game has to go through Reynoso at least as far as an attack for Minnesota is concerned. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that was true for the most part. I credit to Fisher, even Fisher and DeBossi for bringing, you know, moving the ball forward. They, I think both of Fisher and DeBossi started a lot of things out wide, you know, going up those wings. Um, Frank Apane um, was involved early. Um, but yeah, it is Reynoso's game. At least that's the field. You hope it isn't there. And I saw a report. I can't remember if it was Greeter that replied to somebody who's questioning this, you know, there is no plan B for Reynoso. And I did find it interesting that, uh, according to, I believe it was Andy Greeter, uh, there, the plan B for Reynoso say going down would be to move Robin Lude or Franco Franco Pane into that 10 spot. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, Robin would be mm. the obvious one. The Robin, yeah. I would think center. you would put Robin in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I agree with the fact that it goes through Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, there's definitely a lot of uh, a, a better dynamic going down the left side as opposed to the right. And I think that's evident whether it's Fisher or it's Romaine. Um, I think, in, in fact, now with that said, that's in this match. If Chase is back in, that changes everything. But with Debassi on the left wing, mm-hmm. or sorry, the, the left back, um, it, it makes it better. I mean, you can yeah. tell Debassi likes to be on the left out wide that he can push up. And honestly, I... I would, I really kind of hope that Chase is healthy. However, that this opens up the door to Adrian Heath seeing that Debossi belongs on the left. Yeah. Um, I, I really do because, um, again, I sincerely hope Chase is fine. But um, I, I just like Debossi. He offers, uh, he offers more quickness. He offers better coverage when he gets up, up way up the pitch. Um, his crosses is our crosses are better. Um, you know, he, he just has better vision overall. Yeah. And it, I mean, there was no point, And I think I even texted you guys that I felt like the left side was the side we wanted to be on. And I felt like Philly was going to go to the right side, not just because um, Fisher's over there, but because they want to keep the ball away from the left side. So, mm-hmm. because that's our, our strong side, obviously, yeah. Ray can go wherever he wants. Um, so if he can get in onto the left side and link up with Franco, who's already linking up and overlap and having Debassi overlap, and then you know Amaria is just Amaria, that's a, a world of shit that I don't want to have to defend against. So I, I really liked that dynamic in the first half. I really felt like uh, Debassi was just doing everything right. Uh, Franco yeah. was working really well with him. I just felt like that was a strong, strong part of the attack. And yeah. we, we talked about this uh, when we signed Abbasi, remember? I, I really believe this. I'll go back to it again. I believe Heath's preferred back line was Debassi on the left, and then you had Boxy and Ike in the middle, and then you had Metnir right. out right. right. And when Ike got injured, it changed the plans. It totally it, it put Debassi in the middle and and gave Chase Gasper his time to start. Yeah, you know, um, and I think there's even a I, I bet there's a podcast out there that we talked about how we felt that was Heath's plan was to put yes. Debassi out left. Now, right yeah. when but Debassi joined, I believe we talked about yeah. that how yeah. he could both yeah. play both center back and left back. Yep. So and then Ike never came back, and so yep. yeah, like Tony, you yep. said it just blew it up. It yeah. blew up, but. It's nice to have that backup plan, though. I mean, yeah. it was good to have that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, David, I, you know, I couldn't have said it better myself. It just uh, he's his vision was great. His play was uh, it definitely exceeded my expectations, actually, when he filling in for Chase. I think it was a breath of fresh air. His demeanor. I, I, the thing I liked most about him was his just his demeanor on the ball. He was very calm on that left right, side. Yeah. Left mm-hmm. side. I, I think uh, you saw a lot of uh, not panic from Gasper, but more anger and frustration, I would say. And uh, with uh, Debassi on the left side, you just you, you just saw a little bit more of a composed back. Mm-hmm. So I think if yeah. you if you have that kind of attitude, you're going to have a lot less red cards than Chase gets every year. So yeah, yeah you, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. I agree. The composure concept, what you mm-hmm. said is exactly spot on. Like yeah. everything about him, he would get forward. There were a couple um, moments in the first half that Debassi would be way forward. In fact, there was one that started with him actually doing a cross. We ended up losing possession and he got back and he tracked back and he just was, yeah, completely composed and calm in playing that left side. And it was like, yeah, he, he gave the right space. He made the right moves. Yeah. It, it's just completely different from what you see when Chase is in there. Yeah. yeah I and I, I don't know how long Chase is meant to be out or anything. And like you say, David, I, I wish Chase the, the best in his recovery. Uh, but I certainly hope uh, no matter what happens that we see Debassi in that same position next week against Nashville. For I, think, sure. I think we will. I yeah. think we will. Um, before we get into the first goal of the game, guys, I want to talk about something that happened in the 17th minute. I believe that was a Fragapane header from a difficult angle. That was a, it was a Renoso kick into the box. Fragapane headed it down towards goal and it deflected a little bit in, in, in whatever. I thought for sure that was going to be a goal. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, you I mean, yeah. I actually thought he was going for goal on his header. Yeah, I, um, I think he was, but it ended up being better because yeah, you pinball the we I've talked about this before. You pinball the ball around in the box, and it's sometimes it's going to go in the goal. You know, yeah, that right. pinball thing. The only thing that uh, the only thing that really messed it messed that play up was that when Franco headed the ball, it went down on the ground first. And I feel like he should have headed it back up in the air over the defense so that uh, anybody who was more in front of the goal uh, could have had more of an opportunity to, to put it in the net. So that's, I think, the only downfall. But, um, yeah, it was a great distribution by Reynoso. Mm-hmm. Uh, Franco got his head to it, which is great. I just think that's the, the part that messed it all up. Um, yeah. And, it, yeah. again, it, it could have it cut it on a couple of ways. He could have headed in the goal, and it would have been a goal right there. Mm-hmm. The fact they had it towards the ground, I mean, yeah, it's bad, but also it's kind of good. Like I said, you get the ball headed towards the ground, it bounces back up. You get a couple guys jostling for it. The goalkeeper's like, what the fuck's going on? Yep. Ends up back in that. So I love that play. I was I was hoping they'd score there. They didn't. They didn't. But it was, I mean, and Tony, sorry to jump in here, but I mean, I guess, I mean, this is the way you kind of want to start out a game, any game, really, but especially on the road. I mean, I think the first five, 10 minutes, you know, it kind of calmed a lot of nerves, I think. I mean, Minnesota showed, you know, they didn't necessarily, you know, they didn't necessarily carry on through the whole match this way, but they definitely showed some attacking prowess in the first, say, five, 10 minutes. Get off to a great start, calm your nerves you know, prove that you can play. And it, it just looked good. It looked like, like a good start to the, I know it kind of things kind of changed maybe going into the 15th minute or so, but uh, it yeah. was a good start. I mean, I, I feel like overall the first 30 was very dominant by Minnesota. Um, yeah. Yes. There, there was a moment very. that um, came after the first goal that it was no, sorry, before the first goal, that was a bit shaky. Um, the, once we get into the second half, I think that was where it really changed. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think um, we did very well um, leading up to the first goal of Major League Soccer 2022 season. That's right. Yeah. It was the first the goal. Very, in the the very, very first. first. Yeah. Um, so, on this goal, guys, Fragapani gets it, makes a run. 
and passes yeah. it back into the middle. And he got it. He got Maria, it from Bossy. Just like from I Bossy. Mean, just credit to what David was saying earlier yeah. with, with their play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, passes it back through the middle. Uh, and Maria makes kind of a dummy uh, yeah. on it. And uh, yeah. Lude gets it and just puts it in the back of the net, guys. I mean, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, it, perfect. Cra- yeah, just crazy. How, it's, it's so easy. Why, why yeah. not just do that all the time? I don't know. I can't do it all the time. It is crazy. And it, it I was can do it. a it, it wasn't, yeah, it was definitely a dummy. It wasn't, you know, it was clear dummy. And it's just awesome to see the, the attention that Amria draws in the box. And why wouldn't he draw the attention? But you could see the two defenders converge right on Amria, um, you know, and he just lets it go wide. I mean, mm-hmm. Robin Lewis is just wide open mm-hmm. there. And yeah. Yeah. what a shot. I mean, at first when he, when he struck it, <laughs> I know later on in the match, he was 15, 20 yards off a goal a couple of times. I think credit that was with his right foot this right. was left-footed shot but when he first shot it watching it in real time i thought he was high Sky, i thought yeah. it was over the post i thought it was man, going to go ahead too you, touch. You, yeah you never want to bet against that left foot no yeah never. yeah and it, you know that's going to come up not sorry not to bet against the left foot but the touch is going to come up later on in this match because he one timed it he did it perfectly that's what you have to do and he maybe or maybe not fails at that multiple times later and, in the match. And, but and yeah. that was just one of the shots. Like credit, you know, I always every you know we've played Philadelphia. We played them last year. Beat them in at Allianz Field in October. Um, but every time you see Philadelphia come into town or go out to Philadelphia, I mean Andre Blake is a is a world class goalkeeper, Jamaican mm-hmm. international, of course. And you know credit to to Andre Blake there. He, he did, even though it was a great dummy by um, Armia to draw those defenders towards him, you know, I think Blake really saw the shot coming, but there he there was just no chance where Robin Lude put it. I mean, yeah. far yeah. upper post. I mean, it just no chance. Yeah, it, I mean, it was right into the ceiling. There was no way. It, it was as, probably as high as it could get without hitting mm-hmm. the crossbar. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I'm... It, Great goal, guys, and great excitement for the first game of the season. However, I'll say this: they Philadelphia came back. I don't. I I, I thought we had this game like handled at this point. I thought our attacking looked great. We we're doing some things, but Philly made a comeback. So I, was, I, I have I, to I was, because I, you just said that. Sorry, David. I have to give you a quote from someone that we we know very well. Um, Dave, finish your thoughts because I okay. have to look for this. No, I was just, I was going to say, um, especially the way that Minnesota looked in the first, you know, 30 minutes, like we were talking about, and to get the first goal on the road and to look pretty promising in the attack, especially early. Um, yeah, Minnesota going up one nil. I was definitely hoping for that result because, uh, Minnesota, I, Place a small bet on Minnesota to win the game out. What they were Whoa. plus. You can't do that, Dave. They, I yeah, should probably. We, uh, we blame you now. The, no, that's they, that's they, it. Right? They, it is we, my fault because we I, lost two points because of that, man. I rarely. I you're rarely off the podcast. Bet. I'm muting you now. The <laughs> only thing worse would have been had you bet to lose. I mean, that's I the mean, only thing worse. Yeah, I, I rarely bet. That's on how MLS. you know they're going to lose. Yeah, yeah. I, okay, I rarely bet on MLS. I mean, I a handful of times, literally. I, I, I mean, I don't bet that much, anyways. But I rarely bet on the MLS. One of the last times I did, I think I was in Australia, 
where sports betting is legal. And I could, I did it right at my hotel, as a matter of fact, but this one, I couldn't resist the odds were, I just did it as an odds thing. The Minnesota's plus 300 to win the game outright. Not the yeah. biggest dog on the slate this weekend, but they were one of, you know, pretty significant dog to win the game outright. And so I tried, I did make that bet. Oh. And at that time, you know, I'm thinking, Oh, all right. There. I didn't bet the mortgage on it or anything. Bad. Like that. Bad. So the quote from one who we hold near and dear to our hearts, Johnny, after that goal, he said, fucking typical, some things never change. And that's exactly right. Yeah. Tony, as you said, yeah. you thought this was in the, you thought we were doing really well. It was in the yeah. bag. You know, we can just keep pushing and we're going to win it. You know, we can come away with a win, but as normal, yeah. as normal for Minnesota United, we give up a kind of a, just a, I mean, the, don't want to take anything away. The header was fantastic. Well, the wait a minute. Cross was really good. The cross, but it was, but it, it was still some ahead. lazy defense. We talked. No, no blame. I'm not. Um, I refuse to put any blame on Minnesota for this goal whatsoever because that cross by Glesnes. It was coming off a corner. It was a short corner, I believe. And Glesnes, the center, their center back. <laughs> Just an, a beautiful cross. Okay. The, the defense was lazy. You had Boxel and Fisher were both kind of just standing there. They they were not really doing a whole lot. Now, with I will give Fisher a little bit of credit. He was technically marking two different guys, but they were not trying on that cross, well, and it's typical of Minnesota United. Let's go back before, before this goal even happened, guys. We scored the first goal, Okay. We've quieted the crowd down. We've kind of taken the crowd out of it a little bit. Yep. It's ours to, to to kind of play with, okay? And we talked about this numerous times last year. We get a goal. It's like, hey, guess what? We're, it's on our side. And then all of a sudden we get another fucking goal. I, I don't get that. I don't get why we just get so complacent when we go up by a goal. You know, when it comes down to, uh, I mean, this has been happening since the first year in the MLS, where well, we get a goal and and uh, and less than five minutes later, the other team scores. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's been happening for this long, you have to attribute it to coaching, which I'm, I mean, I'm not going to get into Adrian Heath right now because uh, there that could be mm-hmm. that could be said a little bit a little bit later, I suppose. But well, um, and you know, the podcast will end up being two hours. Right. Well, and exactly. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, this wasn't five <laughs> minutes. This was, you know, 15 minutes or 12 minutes or whatever. True, true. But it does happen. Um, and it's yeah. yeah, it is very typical of Minnesota to give up a goal when they're just being complacent. Yep. They're in the lead. They're feeling good. And then against that, even against the run of play, I would say, actually. Well, it um, was. It was yeah. that. I'll give you that. It was definitely against the run of play. Minnesota deserved a goal, at least the way the game was looking, um, even up until that point. Um, but I don't know if that was one of their first corners that uh, Philly had. I mean, it wasn't off the corner, but like I said, it was it was uh, I, They had like cross. fifty corners, so they I had no. Idea. I mean, they that's had what six I was getting in the at. first half. Mm-hmm. They had eleven. I mean, final. They had eleven corners. Uh, yeah. Philadelphia did to Minnesota's two. So yeah. I, you know, I guess it is what it is. I, 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 I want to give credit to Minnesota's defense because they, they look a little. They couldn't clear the ball well. I think at times, but I mean, they, Hey, on, you know, in a, in a tough environment, they, they did their job, you know, and maybe they, some of their defending, they, you know, forced, forced a few more corners, you know, out of necessity, yeah. but um, 
Yeah. yeah I, like, at 11 corners, it's, it's hard pressure to sustain. You know. Yeah. I, Dave, I, I think you're right. I don't think there was anything that was glaring. Those corners were, for the most part, just mm-hmm. they, they made a play to slow things down and, you know, reset themselves. I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that overall the defense did very well. I don't think that there was any significant issue to, to point out. Um, I mean, 11 corners is a lot, but uh, six Connor, you said six in the first half, six in the first half. Yep. I mean, that's, that's a lot, but I mean, yep. it's just, you know, I think some of those were let's do the safe play yeah. and kick it out. Yeah. Know? And you have to do that sometimes. You, you do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the way it yeah, works. Yeah. Um, so they get the goal, guys. It was a beautiful cross in. The curve was great. Set it up nicely. It is what it is. Okay. So now let's go back to nil. Nil, nil, guys. That's what it is. Nil, nil. Um, we get – what? let's see here. Where was it? The 42nd minute, guys. The curve in Ariaga – Free kick. Yes. Hit the corner crossbar. That free kick. Wasn't that was, Dotson? No, that was, no, it that was, was Ariaga. No, it was oh, Ariaga. Yeah. 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 And, and um, actually, see, they, I, the couldn't, way they, I couldn't read numbers. I, I couldn't read numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it, it was Ariaga's uh, 33, I think, and Dotson, of course, 31. 31 and, yeah. mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, I need to I need to upgrade to four. I don't think the broadcast was in uh, 4K, but I, was I don't say, think the broadcast was in HD. We're not going to talk about the broadcast. Mine, mine, was H, mine was HD, but anyways, yeah, no, Curve and Ariaga, that uh, Oh man, what an attempt there. And I, I mean, I'm looking at it and they're talking about it. Who's going to take it. I just assumed it was going to be Reynoso because Reynoso was kind of on the, on the uh, right side of the ball. And our Ariaga was over on the left side of the ball. They're both of course set up to take the shot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was Ariaga and it was close. It was very close. I think it got the post. Oh, it hit the corner. It, it hit the ball. corner. It hit the corner of the post. Corner yep. of the post. Yeah, it was that Blake. Couldn't fantastic. have gotten to that. There's no way. Oh no way! Blake was Blake was beaten for sure. Yeah, he was beaten. Yeah. Well, um, and I mean, I think it was because he thought that Ray was going to take it. But I, well, I it, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ray's strong foot is right foot, right? So yeah. this would have made sense to think that Ariaga would have been taking it because mm-hmm. Ray. I mean, even though Ray is, you know, excellent, he would have been doing probably an outswinger um, into the crowd for some type of you know header or something. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think that was misplayed by, by Blake. Well, Blake, I um, think what he, what he thought was going to happen was that Ariaga was going to do an outswinger into the crowd or try to get on that side. And that's where Blake set up. He yeah. had no, he had no, he didn't think at all to go to the near side post. I mean, he was right, completely right. out yeah. of position. Well, if you saw Blake before the, the free kick was taken, he was giving directions to the wall and he went back over a couple times because I don't mm-hmm. I don't think he was sure about yeah. the position of the wall. It was just uh, too too many variables to take in. So I think he just Blake just made the wrong decision. Um, that, he could have gone 50 50, but he made the wrong decision and went to the far side. That would have been, guys, goal of the year material. Oh, in definitely. The first game of the year. I, I swear yeah. to God, it would have been if he had snuck that in just a couple inches lower. Man, that would have been great. 
Yeah. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it now. And then the replay, I mean, it was, it was obviously it hit the woodwork bounced off. And then it looked like, uh, again, well, Robin Lud got it. It's hard to see. It's hard to see that it's Robin Lud. It, yeah. it is Robin Lud. He really wound up and mm-hmm. just basically hit a one timer. And, uh, so was better. that what you were talking about before David with the, the control on the left foot there? That's... Um, the, um, when he, or I, was it David that was, t- I don't know. Uh, but, um, just winding up with that, left foot and uh putting it it, it, it was a good shot it was over it, it was. was a good shot mm-hmm. yep it was well yeah. guys after that attempt uh lude misses one lude missed again i i mean you're kind of hoping to get into halftime one one um yeah well especially after philadelphia uh, leveled the score at one even at that point in the 35th minute but especially by that point i think other than yeah other than ariaga's attempt you were just kind of hoping to get it halftime at one, one before anything else kind of went wrong. Cause the game was yeah, starting to Dave, change. And yeah, Dave, to your point, um, the, the flow of the game did start to change after that. I mean, it was very much, like I said, that first 30 minutes was very much Minnesota. And then all of a sudden it started to, it was Philly kind of shift over. It did. And, it, yeah. uh, and precursor, you know, precursor to, our talk to the second half it just completely shifted but well, yeah i yeah i think and it was minnesota, just to get in one one was I, re- I remember seeing some yeah it was david you're right and i remember seeing some i this seeing quick you know the stats at halftime i think minnesota had 54 percent possession and i yeah. you know most most of the meaningful possession of that 54 percent was certainly in the first 30 minutes because even in the last 15 minutes it, it shifted ended the game you know Philadelphia had the more, more most of the possession, which you would have expect if you watch the game. But if you go into halftime in a place like Philly, uh, tied up, that's a good thing for the away team. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. Well, let's yeah. not forget. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's it, it seems like it doesn't seem like that long ago, but yeah, Philadelphia. You know, they lost to NYCFC in the Eastern Conference Final. I mean, yeah. Now, granted. Uh, they lost a couple, uh, a couple players from last year, including their uh, leading goal scorer. Um, it doesn't matter though. Chris I mean, Bill, Philly, Bill. Philly is still a good team, and oh, we're not, yeah, ta- we're not talking about we're not talking about the Eastern Conference. We're not talking about Charlotte. We're not talking about uh, give me another bad Eastern Conference. I mean, there are some bad Eastern Conference teams. Philly Cincy. is not one of them. Since yes. I mean, Philly is not one of them. I mean, no. Philly is a good team, and a start on the road against Philly is a big litmus test for this team. Yeah, I think starting down the road against Philly and getting a draw is is pretty similar to, you know, going to Portland um, oh. and, and getting a result there. I think yeah, um, definitely they're, as we've said, they're they're top of the almost top of the table for East Coast. Um, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's important to point out. It's already, you know, a better start than 2021, you know. So <laughs> we know well, we've guaranteed a better result after the first. Well, let's games. be clear. We haven't actually won. We haven't gotten to the result of this match. But, but everybody knows what's going to happen. <laughs> we're not, we're not beating around the bush here. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, guys would say 90, 90 other than maybe my mom or my sister, everybody knows the real result <laughs> of this game before yeah. we, before let's, they list. Especially since we won't get this out till probably Monday. Right. And the other uh, thing about, and I, I got to admit, I did not know this cause I, you know, it's hard to follow all 28. Now we have 28 clubs in MLS with uh, Charlotte's edition, but I mean, I didn't realize this until just a few days ago when I was doing a little research in Philadelphia, but they had a record signing uh, for their club. They're going to bring in Michael Ure, 
I hope I pronounced that right, but he's not available not there immediately. Yet. He's not even in Philadelphia. And I think he has also visa issues to, to sort out as, as well, or maybe just sorted him out or something like that. So maybe it's good that you, you caught a Philadelphia club first match of the season, as opposed to mid season form. Yeah, for sure. So let's yeah. quick hit the uh, second half guys. Cause nothing really too exciting happened in the second half. Um, I mean, Emory had a couple shots on goal, didn't make it. Um, we get into the later half of the second half. Yellow cards. I mean, we had a, we had a couple of yellow cards here and there, guys, which yeah, was too too many. And we'll get to that, yeah, especially yeah. towards down that towards the end of the game. You hate to see those yeah. yellow cards pile up. You know, going forward, mm-hmm. eventually it's going to become accumulation, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's not something you want to see. But, I think but, I mean, that it was a lot of first game of the season. You're getting worn out. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, I just saw there, there was the, the, the Fisher, the Fisher blowing, I don't know what the hell you call it. Like he completely miscued on that. He was wide open. He got a fantastic run and then just blows the cross. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think that has a lot to do yeah. with just tired legs, you know, mm-hmm. the, the yellow cards. I think it's a lot of tiredness, frustration, um, just season. trying to save. Yeah. Just trying to save yeah. the, the play, yeah. you know, I, 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 I think that, yeah, it was just a lot of it's the first game of the season. This is the first time we've really played 90 minutes or tried to play 90 minutes. And it's just kind of wearing on their bodies. Um, and they, they made a good point. I think it was Kendra um, that made a good point. Maybe it's Cal, but during the broadcast saying that, you know, I, even in the preseason, the last couple of games, most of the stars played maybe 75 minutes, um, which is not 90, but th- the, the biggest point that they made was it's not just the minutes, it's the adrenaline you have yep. probably mm-hmm. going into a real match, not just a preseason match where the results don't matter. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a whole nother level getting an opening game, yep. an actual game that counts in the standings. So yeah, you, you definitely saw that. I mean, it's weird. You go from pre-match nerves, you know, on the road in Philadelphia to getting that first goal, Minnesota, that is, you know, grabbing a lead and then, you know, Philly of course ties it up and then, but I'll, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, for most of the second half, I'm just on pins and needles. Now at that point in most of the second half, I'm like, I, in my opinion, I'm like, get out of there with a draw, just get out of there with a draw. Although, you know, there was some flashes in the second half for Minnesota, but it just, they, they, they were either towards the end of the game or, um, you know, it just, I yeah. just didn't have a strong feeling that Minnesota was going to. Uh, I mean, yeah, if, if you look at the uh, interval possession intervals on uh, MLS's uh, game breakdowns, yeah, the second half was not pretty for Minnesota. Well, it was uh, wide open. I mean, it was yeah, it was just yeah. constant barrage from Philadelphia. From yeah. Philadelphia, I, I just think, um, like Dave, you said, there were some flashes. Um, I believe Amaria had a opportunity before he left. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Then we we got to our subs. Um, Franco oh. was first to come off. For for who though? Right. For who? For who? For who? Does anyone want to say his name, or do we just want to shorten it? Long way. Sanzia. Sanzia. Uh, I, I could try the Kendra version of that. I don't know. I know. The long way. Yeah, we can't do worse than Kendra. So yeah. I mean, I mean, You know, you have to think that. It, obviously, I didn't get to watch your guys' broadcast. Uh, but thanks, Connor, for <laughs> texting that. Yeah, <laughs> Kendra had to been like, "Oh fuck, I'm the first yeah. one that has to say his name." Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like that is a oh, 
no offense to Bongi, but I'm not even going to try. I'm not. I'm never no. going to try yeah. it. I don't want to. Well, if you heard insult him, if you heard Cal say it, he he made he put like an extra syllable into his word. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bongo Kukle Kukle along the way, along the way, along the way. So, but the big thing is, guys. But that was exciting to see him. That was exactly the big thing. I mean, I'm sure the Twitter accounts of all the South Africans lit up like a Christmas tree when he yeah, came into the match. And, uh, but of course in South Africa, what time is it? It was probably like, like 3 AM. I think it's seven, like that. seven yeah. hours ahead. No, I don't think no, it was, it was like oh, seven o'clock. Like super. I thought it's super, super early. No, I mean, if, it can't be much blame John seven, for that because I think he told seven. me it was super early. No, it's seven or eight hours ahead. It would have been yeah. seven or eight or nine at the latest. Now, nine if, this, the latest. if this was like a seven o'clock game. Yeah. It would have been. That's true. Early. Maybe that's what John and I were It's a noon game. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure they just they were they were all over it. They're like, holy shit, he's in there. Now so in, in Cape Town, South Africa, it's currently eight hours ahead. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. It, was, it was eight o'clock. Yeah. So I didn't see uh per something on Twitter, I didn't see anybody come and wipe his brow when he got uh too much perspiration on him. <laughs> yeah. Well, he only <laughs> yeah. had to he only had to play 20 minutes well, or something. Well, so. still, that's what they yeah. said. I, yeah. I you know, I never even went to look to see if uh there are any great comments at all mm. but, um, but yeah let's i mean a long way i mean he so in the 20 minutes and it ended up being what seven seven added minutes uh yeah. the game but he 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 did he flashed there's he no did. doubt about it yeah. he, he he flashed his speed down down the wing and yeah. he also in my opinion he flashed um some footwork and ball control he did. He did. i, really I did. agree i really liked mm-hmm. what i saw of him mm-hmm. in those 20 minutes yeah um, i agree you you definitely saw him find the the space outside when he was looking for it to be served as well. So yeah, I mean, uh, is honestly, does he need to his be passing. a forward? Yeah, does his he passing. need to be a forward? No, maybe not. No, and that's a good I think sign he belongs he on the wing. I, I really yeah. do. And he seemed to prefer it. To be honest, mm-hmm. he, he seemed to prefer yeah. being on the left wing and uh, in in place of Franco. He he played very well. His, ser- his his service was good. I thought his passing was good. Sometimes it's not always something you see, you know, from this club, but it, it was good outside. And then when he was inside, he was a couple of times. I think maybe I think Minnesota's best opportunities came actually in the added time. Um, uh, Longway had a, had a chance, and I think Hanu probably had the best chance in the added time. But I mean, you saw it from a long way there. Um, his control of the ball, his passing, I. There's nothing not to like. And again, another reason to be optimistic about this club going forward. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about who he reminded me of in MLS. And I I think he kind of reminded me of Diamande from LAFC LAFC. a couple years ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they would do the four, three, three, and basically all three guys in that front attack were guys that could either be a winger or, a forward or sure. And it, for me, that's what he kind of looks like. You know, if, if he's got the tools to be a winger, but also be a guy that can, you know, bring that pace and bring that uh, possession into the box and just be super direct. That's, that can be huge, especially being as young as he is for like, you know, 70th minute type yeah. substitutions where the defense is getting tired and you can bring in a, a guy like him and just bash at them over and over. Totally. 
you you yeah. never know what you're going to get from him. Is he going to stay out wide? Is he going to bring go inside and and attack? I mean, I, I really like it. I, I I hope that we see a lot more of him. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tamp down my excitement in him a little bit because as much as I like what I saw from him today, I want to see him make some attacking uh, uh, moves. I want to see him in the box making a shot, see what he can do up there. Once I see that and see if he's got what it takes, then I'll be excited about it. What he did outside the box today, fantastic. Okay. Right. But I got to see that upfront stuff first before I get really excited about the guy. Well, so, you did, you, you did see one flash of that, right. In injury, I believe it was in, in yeah. injury time when yeah. uh, he really, ten, he really took on that uh, Philly mm-hmm. defense in between those the two defense and so that that was a flash of brilliance from him the I, I shot want, didn't go the way he wanted it to but right. uh i yeah, want to i want to i want to see a play where he gets fed the ball something like that makes a move scores a goal or makes an assist i want to see something like that and then i'll be excited about the guy i mean and he's got the talent he's got the talent. so connor to your point on that one yeah. i almost wonder if that wasn't supposed to be a cross and no one came into the box for it mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, it just kind of looked like it might have been trying to bend it out a bit. Yeah, I agree. And you don't um, use that side of the foot uh, like on accident, you know. Right. If you're if you're going for the shot, you use uh, the inside of your foot. But yeah, he went I, for I, the. Yeah, I think you're right. It Absolutely. it might have been. Now I have to read this quote <laughs> from Facebook. Oh my god! Don't do Is it. Is that oh, a bongo quote? No, bongo quote? Yes, yes, yes. So it's uh, he is more dangerous than Howler, Lewandowski, Messi, and Mbop combined. Wow! So you better give him. Wow! Dude, I mean, you Christmas. can't go wrong with that, right? Yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> but they're they're all about this kid. I'm telling you, they love him. Man, we I... better get an offer from like uh, like from it. like Borussia Dortmund or something. Yeah, on, on this, guy. this guy. Love yeah. this guy. Love this guy. All right, so uh, I got to do one more. First <laughs> off, because because this, dealing with this. Uh, fuck Russia. Um, but <laughs> this comment says he has no competition here in Africa and North America. Give him Russia and he will deal with them alone. <laughs> what? Wow. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I, I, I like that. That's like. No, if, if people need some uh, humor, go on to the uh, uh, Minnesota's Facebook page when they announced Boggy has made his Loon's debut and read some of the comments. They're fantastic. Hey. They treat him like Chuck Norris, pretty much. Yeah, no exactly. kidding. Like they, he's like it. the he's like the new mess, South African Messi down there. Yeah, yeah. It's like crazy. So, well, yeah. I guess I mean, yeah. To wrap it all up, I mean, in the twenty minutes that we saw him, I mean, you, I guess I can after twenty minutes of regular MLS season play, I mean, I I can get why maybe they're a bit excited about him. Yeah, I, I think he's, like he's a real deal. So yeah, definitely. Do we want to run through? Uh, do we want to finish off the game and then run through the other new guys before we take a break? Or are we going to take a break or anything? Well, we had. I mean, other. New, what are you talking about? New guys. Well, because we had four guys make um, technically debuts. Well, we had. Three we guys. touched we on Mariaga. We touched and, and O'Neal Fisher. O'Neal Fisher. Yeah, we touched on Mariaga. Yeah, and we touched on most of them. Um, yeah, I think right. Yeah, but again, before we get out of here and go to a break, guys. Adrian New did come in in the I think it was the 84th minute. Yep, and had yep. and yeah he did and, and he came in for Armoria, which and 
he he had a tremendous shot, tremendous opportunity and yeah, added time. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, it was getting to that point. It was funny how that worked. The added time was like, oh, my gosh, there's seven minutes or seven minutes. We got to hold on for another seven minutes. But as it turned out, Minnesota had some meaningful possession at, at the very end of the game and almost it almost had. A, well, they had a couple good looks to possibly steal yep. the win at the end, including Anu, who had a, a, a tremendous shot. And yeah. great save by Blake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to say it again, guys. The uh, coach of uh, Philly does not look like an MLS coach. Nine years. Like, was it nine uh, years? Yeah, it yeah, was nine I, years. That surprised me. He looks like a guy who worked in some accounting department back in the 1950s. And uh, seriously, he does not look like a regular. I mean, seriously. He kind of reminds me of my old high school trigonometry teacher. Yeah. So it's like, it's like MLS coach. I'm like, holy shit. Right. Yeah. So, guys. Uh, we get out of there with a with a draw, yeah. which we talked about when we were when we were uh, talking back and forth during the game. Uh, I'm happy. I'm I'm happy with that. I'm content with it. Uh, getting a draw in Philly is better than a loss. Not as great as a win, but again, you're playing on the road first in game of the Philly. season in Philly. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take well, it. Yeah, when you've got one of those things. Yeah, you but, told you tell me before the match they get the draw. You, you, you take it. I mean, I we're definitely big, we're big fans yeah. here. We 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 all expect and want a lot as much as we can get. But yeah, especially after you know taking the early lead. But still, at the end of the day, you're talking we're, you're talking about like we mentioned a, a good team in Philly yeah. on the road, and it's that added excitement. So I mean, imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like next week at Allianz Field. It's opening day for MLS. You know that crowd is pumped. You know that crowd is hyped. It's even bigger. It's a bigger home field advantage, I would think, oh. on opening day. So to come well, out of, of Philly with a with a draw, a point, and like I said, we're already we guaranteed ourselves a better start to the 2022 season mm-hmm. than 2021. So. That's right. Exactly. Right. And, you know, when, when you've, uh, again, yeah, it's, it, this is a team that was one game away from the MLS cup final last year. Yep. So to go in there and get a draw is a huge vote of confidence. Um, especially the, seeing the way that we played it, especially in that first half hour, you expect big things coming, especially at home next week against Nashville. And uh, so I think, um, you know, I, I know I picked uh, Minnesota to finish sixth in, uh, in the West, uh, in, in, in the West this year. I think I might, I might have to, uh, I might have to change that. I think they might, they might finish a little higher if they play the way they did today. Yeah. yeah you know, Matt Doyle has words for you. Um, last night he tweeted out that he's not sure why people are so down on Minnesota. Exactly. And Connor, exactly. Whoa. You're, you're a bit well, down. I mean, you're not as down as some other ones, but yeah. I mean, they've, there've been some pretty nasty uh, uh, well, predictions for Minnesota. Well, it's about time it, it, Matt Doyle paid attention to me. So it, that, you know what? That's fine. It, <laughs> it is surprising. You know, I know, you know, people, I mean, even fans of this club were, were talking about how, Oh, you know, all the, the they lost young uh, Gregus, they lost Ozzy Alonso. And, and the fact is, you know, they didn't lose their top 10 players as far as minutes yeah. played last season are still here. Right. You know, exactly. so who did yeah. they really lose? Now, granted, I credited Ozzy Alonzo, especially down the stretch last year, the second half of the season, he came in and played, started and played significant minutes for this club. So, I mean, you know, Ozzy could be lost, but Hey, you know, now with Kevin Ariaga um, here, maybe that loss won't be felt as much. So yeah, I, picked, yeah. So, I, I think uh, Ozzy was a big loss. 
maybe not a huge loss, but a, a big loss. And who cares about it? Yawn. I mean, I, yeah. I think we're in a really good position. We were in a good position coming in. Yeah. I have no idea of why, you know, people have been down on us. Well, um, I think let's start. And, and the other thing, the other thing, I'm a little surprised that like people are so far down on Dallas as well. Like they, they brought in Dallas. Well, to be fair to Dallas, they finished bottom of the Western conference. I mean, anybody year. that wants anybody that has to play in Frisco should be, I mean, should be just perennial <laughs> losers. And let's put this in perspective as a record here. Uh, yeah. I mean, on the road to get a result is, is better than Vancouver and Colorado are doing right now. They're, they're down both two nil against uh, Columbus and LAFC. Hey. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Before we go to break guys, I will say this. I think a lot of people were down on the loons this year because they lost some players. They did not make uh, announcements on signings till very late. Mm-hmm. Right. And so but, you know, that's think, how we've always been. I mean, I, again, but it's always the teams that make signings in the beginning that are going to get the props for that. And then everybody's going to be down on the loons until we get to last week oh. of the preseason. Then we, oh, here we go. You know, right. Kind of, kind of like the pink jersey in Miami. That's also depends on if you're on the coast, everybody's high on you. If you're yeah. in the middle of the country, no one gives a shit. I mean, right. that's kind of how it yeah. works. So we're taking speaking a quick, of, speaking of new Speaking of new signings, by the way, I picked uh, Ariaga as my man of the match today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't do that. I thought, um, I I'm thought going he was with Tyler great. Miller. I'm going with Tyler Miller. Um, but he wasn't he wasn't a bell bank man of the match. And yeah. and as I said, no, I won't go into that. No. Um <laughs> but uh I think I think Miller did fantastic. He had two big saves toward the end of the match that held it to one. Held, you know, I, I think I give it to him. His distribution is still bad, but Dave. Well, um, as much as I want to say, like I said earlier, the game, you know, especially early in the game, the ball, the, the, it did flow. Th- it, the game needed to flow through Reynoso, at least for mo- the majority of this game. But I don't think he had kind of the Reynoso game that we all wanted or expected. Um, so, yeah, I, I like I, I'm going to side with Connor on this one. I think that's a good pick. I think he showed up and considering he hadn't, you know, played, trained a lot significantly prior to coming over here to Minnesota. I think to see him, I mean, I know he was in the qualifiers, but uh, I think to come into this club and make an impact that he did, I think he showed some promise, obviously nearly scored, um, but I think he did well, um, you know, box to box. So I, 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 I like that Ariaga pick for my man in the match right. as well. I'm going to go with uh, Tyler Miller in protest because he doesn't have his mustache anymore, which is. Yeah, not... he did lose that, well, didn't he? David's cool. got it now. So David's got yeah. it now. Yeah. yeah. Transferred it over. Yeah. The Bell Bank man of the match ended up being Robin Lud, which I wholeheartedly disagree with. Yeah. But, it was uh, that's a terrible pick. Well, he well, scored a goal. Agree. First of all, I mean, he, he, scored, he scored the scored first goal in MLS campaign. Yeah, that's the only and it was thing, a beautiful though. Beautiful goal. But well, he was yeah. terrible otherwise. Well, like, yeah, wait but, a minute, though. Well, wait a minute. It, ultimately, yeah. what matters is the scoreline. No, no, no. no. I mean, we've <laughs> done this. I mean. We've done this on the podcast before. Where we've talked about, well, guy scored a goal. You should give man the match. But and it wasn't been, just a gimme. It was. But it was. But ball. but there's other occurrences where you're like, no, just because he scored a goal doesn't mean he gets man of the match. And, right. I mean, I he. Did, and if, I did touch. You know, on if him. you had removed him directly after that goal. Mm-hmm. no one would have missed him. And that's what well, that's true. The that's true. I, like, and that's true. And I, I, I touched on it. He had a, a other than hit, you know, coming off that corner corner, he had, he, he had a good attempt there, but he had a couple, I think with his right foot that were like 15, 20 yards yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. They were. And, and his, his, his passing, 
I, I think he made up for it a little bit towards the end of the game, but I mean, he, he didn't get the ball forward enough. He didn't get it to, um, he definitely didn't get it to Armaria enough. Um, so yeah, he, 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 he wasn't in the game. You're right. There's no doubt about it. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll obviously reserve judgment too much yeah. because this is game one, but right. okay, guys, let's take a small break. We come back a little Minnesota soccer history and no, we're, we're, we have no history at all. I think we, we said we weren't going to do that. No, we, we don't have history this right. time. Yeah. It's February. I mean, there's not a lot, whole lot going on in history. Well, we, we come back then. We'll just do a little bit of a wrap-up and do a funny story about a bear. How about that? Sweet. Cool. Right. Back in a minute or two. All right, and we're back. Lucy Podcast, guys. We talked about the game. Uh, let's talk briefly, guys. Uh, next week is the home opener for the loons at all yes, field against Nashville. All of us will be there. No, I'm sorry. We won't all be there. David will not be there. All in because, spirit though. Cause all he will. We actually, I think I'm going to buy an extra ticket for you, David. I'm going to put it right next to me and Dave. It'll be the empty seat just for you. Yeah, as long as right. you don't mind sending us. Pouring one out for the homies. Just send us, you know, um, yeah. Wait, I mean, Connor, myself and Dave will be at the game next weekend. Hopefully it's a nice game. I now, guys, I told you there's three models, weather runs. Uh, the American model is printing out 28 degrees in snow. Uh, but the Canadian models and European models are still printing out in the 50s. So I'm showing that's intensely I'm, different. We'll I'm showing happens. I'm showing significant rain and but a high, but temperatures around 40 degrees yeah. and yeah. rain. So it's not pleasant. But I will say this. It was about this far out. You know, I went to the U.S. Uh, men's World Cup qualifier back in uh, early February, a few weeks mm-hmm. ago now, almost four weeks ago now. And uh, the the kind of lead up to the game two or even a week in advance, but certainly two or three weeks in advance when you do those models, it was projecting to be in the 20s you know, maybe yeah. snow as mm-hmm. it turned out, it was like two degrees. So I yeah. don't put a lot of faith in those. Well, yeah. Things. The weather channel says 34 and rain. Yeah. That's I mean, it says freezing rain on mine. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds terrible. So yeah. it's going to be crazy guys. I mean, it's going to be nuts. Um, regardless of what the temperature is, if it's in the fifties, well, I'll tell you I'll what, in shorts. Even if it's 33 degrees and raining, it'll probably feel fucking. Oops, sorry for the language, but I know we got the explicit tag. Sorry for the language. Yeah, it, <laughs> you it should will. be ashamed of yourself, Dave. I know, I know. My point was, <laughs> fucking Dave. It's going to feel like a heat wave compared to the last game I was at at Allianz Field. Yeah. So I'm not worried about the weather one way or the other. So, so way, rain would be annoying. But. So even though the weather's going to be probably might be an issue, guys, it's Nashville, which Nashville is. A new team to the Western Conference this year. Uh, they moved over from the Eastern Conference to. Oh yeah, they were in the East last year, weren't they? Yeah, they've, they've yeah, moved over to right. get everything kind yeah. of the same. And Nashville's another team, guys. Uh, same as Philadelphia. Nashville's a good team. I mean, They're, yeah, they finished last year basically identical. Really. Yeah, yeah. So again, I know it's a home game. I know that we're coming off a draw against Philly, but. It's really going to be another challenge, guys. A, a, a big challenge for us at home, home opener. Uh, I'm they're going to wear their night kits, I'm sure, because they should. Uh, but do you guys think that we can pull a victory out of uh, off Nashville here? I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I think so. I do. Yeah. yeah, 
I think uh, I think we'll be pumped that it's our first home game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the last time we played Nashville because I don't think we played them last year. I don't think um, we did either. No. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, when was the last time we played? Uh, it was it was in October of 2020, mm-hmm. and it was a nil nil draw in Nashville. Yeah. So I don't think Nashville has actually been up here yet. Okay. Um, but I think our, I think our home field is advantage is going to play into it. It is, uh, Allianz field is, has been, uh, generally a fortress for, uh, for Minnesota. Yes. Um, and with the new signings we've got, hopefully they're used to training together a little bit more. Hopefully they're used to, hopefully they'll take what they learned today in the game against Philadelphia, uh, into account. And I think, I think our chances are pretty good. I think, uh, yeah. I, I'm coming, I, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say 2-0 uh, Minnesota. Wow. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to uh, follow the injury report this week, you know, to see if players like Gasper Metnir are, are able to uh, play, not only play, but start next week. That's very much unknown as we record right now, but I think that'll be something to follow throughout the week because if they can come in and start, that could make a difference in this game against Nashville. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I have reason to be optimistic. Like I said, even in, the, in this first match, I mean, there, there were signs and I think, I think maybe the floodgates will, will open, you know, at home to start the season. So, yeah. Well, it'll be great to get back to Allianz field guys. Yeah. To see a game in person again, yep. um, to be with all the fans out there to enjoy the ambiance that is Allianz field. Um, we will not make the walk of shame like we did last, uh, season opener, right, David? That's correct. Yeah. No walk of shame, yeah, for that. Um, which was the walk from uh, Lake Monster. Was it? Well, it was no, it was from Jules wow. Citizen to Lake Monster. Oh, oh, okay, right. The yeah. the walk from the dead end around, yeah, yeah. to Lake Monster. Won't do that again. Won't do that. Again. Um, so yeah, big one next week, guys. Uh, funny story for guys before we leave here. You guys heard of uh, Hank the Tank, the bear? You heard of him? I thought you said Frank. Okay, no, no, not Hank. No, it's it's Hank. Hank. It's Hank the Tank. Hank the Tank. So so. Hank the Tank is a huge bear. He's really big. I think he's like over a couple, I don't even think, 500 pounds. He's a black bear. Uh, He's been out on the, uh, the West Coast, and he's been supposedly responsible for a bunch of different robberies out there. In terms of going to different people's houses and cabins and stealing shit, they've got him on camera, all this stuff. So he's got a little notoriety out in the West Coast. Wait a second, is he, is he the third bear in that Geico commercial, or might be Yogi and uh, Boo Boo, or might what? Be. Yeah, he might be. He might. Okay. Be. But uh, so so he's been charged with a lot of different things, uh, but he's uh, he's now avoided death. And relocation, thanks to DNA evidence, guys. So they've done some they've done some police work, and found out that Frank or Hank the Tank has not been in all these different places. Uh, turns out he got a bad rap. The rotund black bear from Lake Tahoe that captured international attention won't be killed or moved to a sanctuary after all. On Thursday, state wildlife officials issued a pardon and vindication of sorts for the 500-pound black bear that they had originally said was solely responsible for burglarizing nearly three dozen homes in the Tahoe Keys neighborhood of South Lake Tahoe over the past few months. 
Officials with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife said Thursday that DNA samples collected from the properties showed at least two other large black bears had broken into some of the homes. So he's he's not the guy. He's not the guy. As a result, the distinctive black bear with a brown, a light brown muzzle and an inky black beach ball shaped body. That's weird. Won't be killed or relocated to a sanctuary. Options state officials had been weighing as they decided what to do about the habitual bear burglar. Instead, they'll begin a neighborhood-wide trap tag haze effort in Tahoe Keys in order to try to keep all three bears, good to Hank, out of the homes. Trap tag and haze. I've never heard What's of that haze? before. Well, I'm sure haze it's like, like yelling like, at them, like, hey, yeah, probably. maybe like uh, macing them or something. Yeah, macing yeah. them. Okay. It could be making them drink a bunch of beers and run around the college, yeah. which is right, what yeah. they, they could do what um, Philadelphia Eagles fans do and just pour the beers all over them. And, yeah. And stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, any of these bears could still end up in a trap and shot by a government official, however, because of separate process, so they could still get killed. Uh, under California law, someone who has property damaged by a bear and meets a set of requirements could request a permit from the state to have a gov- government bear trap placed on their lots. If caught, the bear would be then be killed if evidence such as DNA proved it was the same bear that broke in. Last fall, at least three different property owners in, Lake, in Tahoe Keys received permits to have a trap placed on their lots, though it's not clear whether they did any trapping according to the Department of Fish and Wildlife. The story of Hank the Tank took off in early February. When they announced they were setting out traps to catch the bear that for more than seven months, and despite intense hazing and other mitigation efforts, had caused extensive property damage in 33 cases, guys. 33. Wow. That's crazy. Fuck, wow. gets around. Dead bolted doors, officials said, were no obstacle. The fat bear would just push them open. <laughs> the South Lake Tahoe Police Department received more than 150 complaints about the bear that officers started calling Hank the Tank. He was declared Damn. a severely food habituated bear, but he's got a he's got a problem with food, guys. Right. Uh, they gave they gave authorities uh, the authority to uh, euthanize a bear or move him into a sanctuary. Yeah, uh, this guy, Hank, guys, Hank the Tank. I I feel like they just need to move him into a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. it, clearly he's created a. Oh a a bit yeah. of a lore around him mm-hmm. that uh even if these other ones aren't him he probably should just be moved but wait I mean, no one wants to see him killed but wait we have we have people like you dave david uh someone spray painted bear killer on at least one of the state's bear traps according to the beer uh, bear league's facebook posts as everyone knows hank is being targeted for death by the california department of fish and wildlife the Bear League is vehemently opposed to this plan, and we are frantically working to save his life by reaching out to various wildlife sanctuaries in hopes of finding him a safe home. Can I just say, it, it's very nice to see that for a bear, law enforcement is doing everything they can to not have to kill this bear. Right? <laughs> I mean, like, how yeah. often do they go through this much hassle well, to protect a bear? Right. Well, he's Hank the Tank, though, guys. I mean, he's I mean, notorious. I, like I said, I, no one wants to see him killed, but I mean, right. it's well, a bear. I don't, but the fact is, if you can break through a deadbolt, just pushing his body against it, that's that's not good. I mean, you know, I wonder if he's the one. I I just recently uh, saw a video on Facebook. I think it was Tahoe. Mm-hmm. 
that it was it was a house that had an indoor camera and it was set up facing the door for probably security reasons and the this the door just like blows off the hinges yeah and yeah. then all of a sudden a bear appears. Yeah. I wonder I mean, if that's one of them. It probably oh, that is. must be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was just destroyed that door. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, my you... wife has a cousin that lives in Lake Tahoe. I should ask her about that. I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, no ask him out. Yeah. Could you imagine like sitting in your home, just watching some TV at night and all of a sudden a bear just blows through the deadbolt and comes in. It's like, Hey, <laughs> what's right. up? <laughs> I'm no. Mr. Bear. I'm here. Some, some food. Give me some food. Um, which makes me go back to the point of like, David, you live now in uh, gator country, right? Now, are you afraid of like gators busting in your door? Could they come in? Uh, gators are pretty docile, actually. Yeah. Um, they don't, they're not, looking, they're not looking for food. No, I mean, they, they can climb a fence, heard. Um, but yeah, they're not really, they don't throw their weight around much. They just kind of, They'll they'll sit there outside your door and wait for you to open it. That's kind oh. of how they work. So they're like they're like they ring the doorbell and they say, "Hey, can I come in?" Right. Maybe yeah, do some yeah, food? Yeah. Now I know for a fact up in the uh, Iron Range where I'm from, uh, cabins up there. If you don't look at your property on a weekly basis, they do have some problems with bears coming into cabins. Huh. Which is crazy. Yeah, I think I've heard. I think I remember back um, when I was younger, we uh, always went to a friend's cabin up in northern Wisconsin. They had a lot of issues with that. I mean, not them particularly, but neighbors. Yeah. You don't want to get involved with those bears. Now, I mean, I think for the most part, they're pretty actually friendly and cuddly. Well, yeah, you can give them a hug. Generally going to do a whole lot. Yeah, give them some food, give them a hug. Maybe. If we talk to some South Africans, they'll send Bongi up to, de- to deal with those exactly. bears. Sometimes yeah. They can, yes. yeah. Kill yes. a bear. Yeah. Now, yeah. before we get out of here, guys, uh, I, I just want to ask Dave a question because Dave's been all over the world. Most of the world. Yeah. So, but you've been in areas that have had weird like animals. I mean, what what animal in the whole world are you most scared of? I mean, you've been to Australia, you've been to yeah. India, you've been to China, Canada. I mean, seriously. Well, I guess I, of all my travels, I was most frightened when I was in India and I had a, a cobra snake wrapped around my neck. That was probably the most frightening. Wait, what? Yeah. I mean, this had but, to have been up on purpose, right? It was on purpose. So like I, I, I was looking, I was uh, checking out some, t- you know, checking, I was in New Delhi and looking, you know, going around, checking out some sites, took a taxi. And then they have, you know, these snake charmers there. And for a tip, they'll play their little flute and they'll have them come out of the basket the cobra and i think i have a suspicion these snakes are kind of maybe drugged up or whatever but they'll do that and then for another tip they'll put the snake the cobra around your neck and i remember just having that done by this guy there and i'm like i was with another uh, co-worker at the time and i'm like take the picture take the picture take the picture and the picture just you could just tell the look on my face was just like uh, so you wait, know, you not, you tip the guy to put the snake yeah, around your neck. Yeah, apparently, uh, yeah, that's what you, you do. Paid see. Him. You paid yeah, him. You paid him to do that. That was my mistake. Now that so that was a relatively tame animal. And then uh, I've heard, I haven't, you know, as far as wildlife in foreign countries, the only, you know, I haven't seen too much in person. I've seen bears in, in well, no, I haven't seen bears other out of this state actually. But uh, the kangaroos in Australia 
so cool. Oh. Awesome to see. But I mean, they can get, uh, I've been up and close and personal. They can get uh, rough, you know. Mm-hmm. I've seen mm-hmm. the videos. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I, nothing, nothing. I mean, where I was, nothing too scary. I got pretty close. No, I never felt threatened, but I did have a coworker that, not on the same trip, but I saw pictures. He like, he ran up to one. I'm like, what are you doing? Because I would never do that. Because no. they're taller than you are, some of them. Don't do and that. And they're ripped. Yeah, yeah they they're are. like super yes, strong. And can't their They'll kid box. kill a man or something? Oh, yeah. yeah. They yeah. could. I could definitely see it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Dave, I just want to go back to the whole uh, snake around your neck thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that sounds a little weird. Yeah. Were it you does, drugged? Yeah. Yeah, were you? You, you maybe you would think so. I won't be doing that again. I could probably pull up the picture and show you guys sometimes, but uh, I, I just, I mean, I already do dislike snakes a lot, yeah. but I mean, you know, Florida has the uh, the water moccasin, which is a cobra. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and I have heard they're rather aggressive snakes. I don't think, I don't, I don't know that I'd want to do something like that. I just, yeah. Isn't the isn't the snake isn't the snake around the neck the way David Carradine died? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. It's a good question. Good question. No, actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Went right over your guys' heads. I apologize. David Carradine died from asphyxiation because uh, he was choking himself for pleasure. Oh, Oh. sure, sure, sure. Ah, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, that went clear over. Sorry. 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 Kind of like a Robin Hood. Kind of like a Robin Hood shot. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. From the second half, not the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tony, what's your favorite? Tony, what's your scariest animal? Oh, scariest animal? Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ! I mean, there's a lot of them, but I'm not cool with. Uh, probably geese, one of them. Because oh, I saw, I saw one time a, a goose in my parking lot of my old job. Uh, they used to congregate in my parking lot. And there was a guy in my IT department who would go over there and he'd be like, rattle. He's like, ah! and uh, he went over there one time and rattled them. And the one goose just like started attacking him. He started attacking him. Oh, there's Dave with the, uh, yeah, with the, the snake around the cobra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Take the damn picture. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. it's boring. Yeah, you can see the way, is like, And by the way, there's definitely tension in that photo. Dave, yeah. Dave yeah. by the way, Abe, the guy looks shady as hell. There's like a car <laughs> behind you. It's like, was this on the gas it's station on. somewhere? It's like a holiday station store in India. They do this yeah. shit or what? It was just outside of like a temple, actually. Yeah. Oh, there, oh there, there's wow. a good close-up. I took that picture. What was that? Were you, like, that's in, just not okay. When you're in a basket. That yeah, that was. Uh, let's see. Near, was, that, was, was that? Was that back in the brothers' in days? Five. It was in 2005. So that was cool. Oh wow. Mm. wow! Yeah, you oh, were old enough yeah, to know better in that boat. That was there's back in the. I mean, that's what he was. He was sitting in a parking lot, basically playing his little flute type instrument, and you got oh. these snakes coming out of the desk. I want to know how many of those people die a year. Probably a lot. <laughs> so well, crazy. I think he's got. He's missing a couple fingers, if you can tell. He I is. Know. Oh yeah, he, he is. is. Yeah. Oh yeah, or at least one, but. I'm sure yeah, he is. Yeah, so it is a bit shady. I'm sure it, he it felt a bit shady, and I was not comfortable. It was shady. I felt, you know, when in Rome or when in New Delhi. <laughs> when in New Delhi. <laughs> when in New Delhi. I'm sure the guy's got great insurance, by the way. 
great in right, Shias. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dave, we could, it we actually could... was right. It was right outside that temple in New Delhi. So it was, yeah. it was a pretty oh, cool. beautiful area. But Dave, we could do a whole podcast about the crazy things you did in your youth. I mean, we could. But that's not his youth. That's the problem. Well, that is I, his was, youth. I, I was 23 no. or four. Yeah. I was gonna say, that is, that's not that is old that's... enough to know well. We could do a crazy podcast about what Dave did after he turned 21. I mean, seriously, we go. could. I mean, yeah. there's, Maybe. there's a lot of things that Dave did that were nuts. But, and the fact of the matter is, it's because he went around the world. I mean, he was like all over the freaking place. Think about it for a second, guys. If you got to travel all over the world when you were like 21, wouldn't you do crazy shit too? Not like that. Not like that. Well, <laughs> I mean, snake around the neck thing, probably not. But yeah, you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Sure. So before we get out of here, guys, I want to mention uh, we have no we have no sponsor. That's right. Uh, we don't. No sponsor anymore. You, you want to stir the pot on that a little bit? Maybe that'll get some attention. Uh, I don't know. But we're gonna we're gonna try to get a new sponsor. Um, anybody's listening to this podcast, but I know a lot of you are. Um, if you have a sponsor we can get to, let us know. Uh, I got some ideas, but we're not looking for a lot of money. I mean, just mm. enough to cover our co- co- mm. Yeah, <laughs> just enough to cover. Just enough to cover our costs. <laughs> Jeez. Um, maybe a, a flight to Miami. Maybe I don't know. There you um, go. It's pretty. Yeah. Actually, more than we yeah. get. Before we get out of here, guys, uh, anything else you guys want to say? Anything before we close this up? Looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Yeah, that's uh, uh, at the game. We'll see you. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Go loons! I'm glad we're talking about a result here on the road. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, no fun times, fun times, yes. So, so uh, actually, one more thing. So, um, David, you were uh, reading a couple of uh, Bongi quotes uh, the, um, earlier today, and I actually saw one that I assume this guy is a Minnesotan who saw all of these South African comments and wants to uh, and wants to res- wants to respond. Uh, uh, he said, "He says, uh, don't worry, we will feed Bongi plenty, plenty of tater tot hot dish, so he'll be strong and able to play the full ninety next." <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Christ. Oh, oh. gosh! I mean, this this thing with Bongi just keeps—it's going to go all year, guys. It's going right. to be all year. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if he if he builds on the performance he had, fantastic. Yeah, it'll be great. Uh, so for myself, Tony, for David, Dave, and Connor. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right. See ya. See ya. Later.